You're listening to Stand Up, Get Noticed, episode 256. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Cantor's speaker, coach, and founder of The C Method, where I'm all about helping ambitious professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. If you enjoy this episode, you can get access to the back catalogue of 200 plus episodes of this podcast, as well as masterclasses and live calls with me by being part of our community, The C Method Academy. Learn more and join at thecmethod.com slash join. So today we're talking about how to improve the performance of your team. Maybe you're a team leader and you're feeling like your team is maybe not being, not super engaged, not doing as well as they can, maybe not hitting their deadlines. Maybe, you know, now you're working from home and your teams are now remote, you might be finding it more of a challenge to keep them engaged and performing at a high level. If that is the case, and this episode is for you. You know, and I believe that it's never been a more important time to step up as a leader. We're dealing with chaos and uncertainty, and we're trying to stay productive and motivated. And as a leader or a manager, it's part of your role to help your team to be engaged and productive and perform well. But I totally understand that it's not easy, especially with the time that we're going through at the moment. So I thought I'd do an episode about this, and I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest. He's an experienced agile coach, trainer, and consultant. His name is Pete Amotashow. Super cool surname, Pete Amotashow. I love saying that. (laughs) So Pete and I connected on LinkedIn, and we also met up at a Melbourne uh, Project Management Institute event that I was speaking at. And he has a wealth of experience when it comes to um, agile coaching, helping organizations to transform, create transformation through the agile methodology. And he's really passionate about helping people to bring their best self to work, to embrace agile processes, and to, of course, achieve excellent results. So we sat down together uh, before the stage four COVID restrictions, of course. And I asked Pete to share his experience and insights um, from being a great team leader. We talk about what is engagement, what do most managers get wrong when it comes to engaging teams and what made it mo- what motivates teams to do well. And also he shares his insights as to how you can go about getting the most out of your teams and to create self-organizing teams as well. So I learned a lot in this conversation um, and I'm confident you will too. So I hope you enjoy. I will put links to how you can connect with Pete in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 256. All right, let's meet Pete Omotosho. So when we talk about agile coach and the project manager, the major difference is a project manager takes an idea and work with his team or with his project from beginning to the end. So as a, a project manager can say, yep, I've got a 12-month project, and if a project manager is still kind of preparing and planning for the first six months, he may still be on track. Now, what makes Agile uh, really different is that we want to do a little bit of planning, a little bit of delivery, a little bit of testing, and a little bit of delivery you know, in a small 
circle cycle, which means we want to deliver as soon as possible to the to the customer. At the same time, we want to continue to repeat this. And that's why we say Agile is in cycles. And how long have you been an Agile coach for? Well, I've been engaged uh, with Agile since 2010. As a coach, I've been uh, a coach since 2017. Okay. And what do you enjoy most about your role as an Agile coach? Uh, It's about people, people development. It's about making people bring their best self to work. And of course, it's about, you know, delivering the real value, what we can call value. Yeah, that's what I like best. Yeah. And what, when was the moment in your life when you realized, I want to work with people? <laughs> so a little bit of background there. I trained as an engineer, which means I speak with machines, with equipment. And, you know, equipments are really very good. If you give them a good um, direction, they obey you. Now, I found myself working with people, and sometimes people can do exactly opposite. <laughs> now, I found out that when I started working with people, even when I have a bad day, the following morning, I dress up. I really want to go back there. I couldn't explain it in the beginning, but yeah, that is what, it, what makes me happy, to really see people improve over time to see people tell their story after we've worked together for a couple of months and say oh Pete because you have worked I've worked with you I've been able to improve this side of my uh, career life or I have um, implemented a few things you taught me you know makes me so happy it's more like an investment that I make in the people it makes me happy right as opposed to working with machines, they don't uh, really give you much thanks, do they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to wait for a long time, especially when my machines are now deployed to make me happy. You know, that's it. But human beings can actually show gratitude along the way. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and I understand that you're mentoring some people now who are also doing a similar thing to you or wanting to do a similar thing to you. Exactly. So um, I will attribute so many of my successes to people uh, who I can call my great mentors. And at this time I thought, yeah, if I have taken out of so many great people, I should be able to give back. So let's just say this is my time to give back to these people. And I love it. Um, I have got some you know, very good um, experience over time. And um, I thought it would be a good time, good thing to give back to the community. And that's mm. what I'm doing. Love it. Um, currently with a PMI, um, he mentor, I have two mentees and I have regular meetings with them and they are progressing. Um, the feedback has been good so far. Great. Yeah. Awesome. And now you're about to share some of your success stories with us on the podcast. Definitely. I'm happy <laughs> to do that. So Pete, let's talk about what engagement is in mm. the first instance, because I think it's really important that, you know, we get really clear on what it is that we're working towards. So can you share with us what is engagement exactly? So um, engagement uh, in a team level or in an organizational level mm. is more like a condition that result in the ability of members of a team to bring their best self to work for the employees to be able to commit to the goals and the visions uh, of the organization. If you see a few things like that, for them to be able to say, yeah, I'm motivated and 
motivated in the line of achieving the required result, you've got a good uh, employee engagement or what we can call team engagement in that um, aspect. Most importantly, when they have uh, a commitment to their own well-being as well, it's very important. So that is what I can call engagement. Yeah. Why, why is that commitment to their overall well-being important? Yeah. So the very first statement I made is that they want to bring their best self to work. For you to be able to bring your best self to work, then you mean that means you have a very stable uh, mindset, a very stable um, career, you have a very stable physical well-being. So a happy man will be happy at work, at home, hard of work, on the way, everywhere he finds himself. And mm. that is why well-being is very key. That means whatever they do, they want to be a balanced person. Yeah. And how can you tell if your team is engaged or maybe if they're not engaged? <laughs> that's a million dollar question. <laughs> so that's one of those subtle things you don't see. You know, you can't count. Yeah. Yeah. But a very good manager can tell. For example... I used to have a very good manager. Oh, he's very good. I can still remember some of the things we, we had together. So there was this day, um, he came to me to my desk and he said, Pete, something is wrong. And I looked straight to him and said, no, nothing is wrong. And um, he sat with me. And um, what I we discussed over probably the next 25 to 30 minutes is all about me. After about five, ten minutes, I had to come out. I was passing through a few things in my family at that time, and I had to really open up to him. Now, it turned out that he has passed through the same, right, mm. before. And, of course, it gave me some very key and valuable, you know, things I can do. Now, he understands his employees. He knows that. Oh, Pete has been a high flyer. So why is he not really operating at that level? So a good manager will be able to know the capabilities of his employees. Mm -hmm. And when they are not performing at their optimum level, it comes to their rescue. Just by asking, having a communication, and that's all it takes. That must have made a real impact on you. Oh, yeah, I still remember. As a matter of fact, I still keep close contact with him just because of that and many other things he did, you know. So yeah. it's very good. And what do you think what do you think most people do wrong? You know, most managers or team leaders do wrong when it comes to um, you know, trying to create more team engagement or better performance. So I'm gonna start this way that these days we have what we call the knowledge knowledge workers. Knowledge workers are people that probably do new things every time things that probably have not been done before or they are looking for new ways to do things. When you engage with such people, it is important to for a manager not to um, kind of reward individuals. Now, okay. when individuals have done very good stuff, yeah, they need to be rewarded. But of course, if they work in a team, a good manager can actually reward the team. This way, the individuals will not be uh, thinking so much about outshining themselves. So if managers can actually change the individual reward system to a team reward system, that can actually help with engagement. 
That's right. number one. Yeah. Right. Mm. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. You know, for example, if I am a member of a team, and because I did my work so well yesterday, I got probably a free ticket to park my car for the whole day, okay. which is about probably forty dollars in CBD. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, Christina will say, "Yeah, Pete got it yesterday. I need to outshine him." At the end of the day, it's going to be a one-man team. We don't want that. So it becomes like this culture of competitiveness. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Right. So you want to find a, you know, a way to actually reward the team instead of rewarding individuals. So give everyone a park, a park, pass. <laughs> That's $400. Mm, oh, it's not yeah. in the budget. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It can be very difficult at times. But of course, some managers also threaten their staff. They threaten their staff. Yeah. Okay. That's that another mistake it's that they make. It's a mistake, okay. actually. A very, very huge one. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to say, um, if you don't do your part, you may, you'll be hard on my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, a project manager has done that to me in the past and I felt so bad, you know, and I, I know how it is. Uh, if You can say something in the line of, well, if you don't do this well, your bonuses will be cut, something like that. So you don't threaten your staff. You need to empathize with them. Just like the uh, story of my manager I said earlier, earlier on, a manager should see it and say that, well, this guy is really very good. That's why he got a job in the first instance. If he's not doing as he's required to do, there's something must be wrong. Try to empathize with such a person and, of course, go to the root of the matter. Mm. What do you think most... You know, the example you shared there was that your manager thought, okay, something must be going on with Pete for him yep. to be performing or not performing in a certain way. What do you think most managers think to themselves in that instance? Well, um, like instead of being emp- empathetic, what might be the default thought that they resort to? Well, uh, it, it depends on individuals as well, yeah. actually. So uh, let's say a, a manager that is engaged himself will want to be uh, empathetic mm. and say, yeah, let me hear from him. A manager that is a command and control type mm. will like, come on, we've got to go. We need to eat this girl. So... Both managers we act differently, mm. and we have very good managers that are empathetic in the workplace, and we have the not so good managers that are not empathetic in the workplace. So it depends on. So it sounds like empathy is a is a big, a very important trait to have. It is very very important. It is very very needed. Yeah, I must say. Because I mean, nowadays, like everyone is so stressed. Like <laughs> everyone has got stuff going on. There's you know, the workplace can be quite stressful. People have got families, people have got financial, you know, issues to deal with. People have got, you know, elderly parents to deal with. Yeah. There's just so much going on in people's lives. And I think to be aware of those things and to realize that, oh, everyone's got challenges mm-hmm. that they're also bringing to work yep. as well. Um, we need to be aware of those things and be more empathetic towards definitely, people. Definitely, we need to be very aware of that. Take, for example, the coronavirus that is ongoing Mm. in the world. It gives a lot of concern to so many people. And in the place where I work, despite the fact that that's not what we do, there is a lot of communication going on. 
Yeah, people are support. stealing toilet paper you know, <laughs> out of the office. That's another story, entirely. <laughs> but of course, there's a lot of support going on to people to say, guys, do not worry. We've created uh, this support, this platform for you. This is the number to call. These are the things to keep your, you know, hygiene, you know, simple hygiene in place, and all those things. These are the kind of support a manager can really um, bring on the table. If I'm talking about it alone, you know, it's a good one. So, yeah. And I mentioned uh, the command and control side the other time. So a manager or a leader should not always be the command and control side, which means um, this is the way I think you should do it. You do it my way. If you uh, do not get up to the standard, then... You don't know what you're doing. No, that's not what we want. We want a manager that can decentralize decision-making. What which do you means, mean by that? So it means that, well, I've got three people in my team, and I've got Mr. Hay, Mr. B, and Mr. C. Mr. Hay can make some decisions on his own because that is his uh, area of strength, and he can pass the information across to me, the leader. Mr. B has the same, Mr. C has the same. So just take, for example, if A and B and C comes to me every time to take directive, I will not be able to give them the best advice and I will hinder them from bringing the best self to work as well. Hi, Rockstar. I want to take a quick break to share with you an exciting announcement. I have opened up applications for my Speak Up and Lead group coaching program. This program is for ambitious professionals and leaders who want to dramatically increase their influence, their impact, and their confidence at work. Now, I am running one more program for the year, just one more, because as you may know, I'm popping out a tiny human in October, so I'll be definitely taking a break then. So this program starts in June and it is the last one for the year. Now in this program, over 10 weeks, you'll learn how to become a trusted advisor at work. You'll build a strong professional presence. You'll be an effective leader and role model for your team. You'll be able to persuade and influence when public speaking and articulate yourself and your ideas clearly. Now, this is a great program to be doing while you're stuck at home, home isolating, because it's all conducted online. So it can be done from anywhere in the world. So if you're a successful professional and you want to take your career to the next level, then apply for the program at thecmethod.com slash group coaching. That's thecmethod.com slash group coaching. That link is also in the description of this podcast in your app. Okay, let's get back to the show. So how do you, so in that instance, because I know that there are a lot of people out there who are managers who might have had the history of maybe micromanaging or wanting to um, maintain control over the decision-making and, you know, maybe someone's at a point now where they're like, okay, I want to start delegating more, but then they've got their team coming to them constantly with questions. What do I do here? What do I do there? What do I do? How do you get started in helping them to think for themselves instead of them always coming to you? So um, it's about the culture, actually. Mm-hmm. So there's a t- there are times you need to change uh, the norm, the culture. 
um, I, I think to uh, I would say it's like mirror. If you put a mirror in front of you, it's going to reflect exactly what uh, is in front of it. So, which means that um, for team members to have those autonomy that we're talking about, that autonomy, the leader should exercise the same as well. Okay. Which means it's more like taking them through the journey to say, well, I used to give you all the direction. Right now, you tell me what you think is the right thing to do. You tell me how to tackle this problem. You are the smart one here, and that's why we hired you. Just do the right thing. And of course, that will lead to what we call self-organizing team. A self-organizing team is such a team that can take decisions themselves. They have they are self-directed. They, they, and this comes because the decision making has been decentralized. It's not one person making that decision now. It's about probably four or five people that are in the team making smaller decisions. And when you put all those together, it comes how to be very good decision at the end of the day. Now, one good thing about decentralizing decision is even when it's not this is not it's a bad decision, so to say they find an opportunity to correct the mistake as soon as possible. And I'm going to make an analysis here or analogy. So um, let's say I'm the manager and you yep. report to me. Okay. And I said, okay, Krishna, I want you to do X, Y, Z. And I want it in my, on my table in the nest by the end of business today. Mm-hmm. Cool. You do your beat just because I've given you the direction. And you submit five minutes to five PM. I want to go home, and then I get I don't get to see it the following day, and I fling it back to you because I feel no, it doesn't meet my definition mm-hmm. of done. Yep. And then you do your bid, and you come back and forth and forth, come back and forth, and then six days later, we're still doing the same thing. Now, if I say, Christian, I want X Y Z done, give you your best shot, and when do you think you'll be ready? And you say, well, I'll be ready before the end of business tomorrow. And you, you, you do your best to do your best work. And it comes to my table and I feel like review it. And I see, yeah, there are some shortcomings. Why don't you do it this way and this way and this way? Mm. Now, it is your work. I've given you a better way to achieve a better result. And then you go change those things. And then probably the second time is on my table. It's done. And takes three days. Now compare the two, and these actually happen in the real world. Mm. That's what I do every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see it. People that are really micromanaging, the command and control kind of managers that don't get result, and the people that give, you know, the power to the people, and then they get result. So you would say. So just to reiterate, you would say, when this is what I need you to do. Mm-hmm. When do you think you'll be able to have it? delivered exactly. having done your best work exactly so then they put their own deadline on it they put their own deadline on it but you can ch- challenge that i said well based on what i've got done i said you should do it shouldn't take you 24 hours so why don't you get it on my table in 16 hours right so you can challenge them on yeah, that okay yeah, it's just more like in, like negotiating yeah yeah sure yeah i like that you know it's um reminds me of uh, a time when i i remember i once had a manager who was very micromanaging, mm. you know, would check every single little piece of my work and would say, okay, now change to this, change that and change that. And then I 
um, moved on to a different manager. Well, they moved on to me. I'm not sure how you put it. <laughs> and she said to me, and she said, okay, I want you to do this drawing because this was in architecture. Mm-hmm. I want you to do this drawing, put it together, blah, blah, blah. And then when you're done, send it to the client. Mm. And I was like, Ooh. oh, crap. What like, you f- <laughs> you're not going to check my work. And you know what? I put in a lot more attention and a mm. lot more effort into yep. making ev- making sure everything was correct and perfect yep. before I sent it to the client because I knew that my manager wasn't going to check it. Whereas before, I knew my manager was going to like check it and change something, check it, change something. So I was yep. like, oh, well, what's the point in doing my best work yeah. because they're just going to check it anyway. So It's a natural law. It's a natural law. You can control it sometime. It just mm-hmm. comes because, oh, you want to say, well, this is my chance to make a mark. And if I do a crappy job, it's mm-hmm. going to get back to me. If I do a very good job, it's Absolutely. to my honor, you know. What are some other things that we can do? You know, if someone is, maybe someone's new to managing a team or they've got an underperforming team, what would be, you know, your first step or maybe first one, one two steps for people to do? So first of all, I'll say that leaders should be engaged themselves. Okay. So it's more like a mirror, you know, whatever, if you you want to smile, or let me put it this way, if you want people to smile to you, you smile to them. You get what you receive, right? So a manager should first of all ask himself that question, am I engaged? So if Mm -hmm. they are engaged, right, cool. They can now work on making other, you know, employees engaged. That's number one. Number two, um, money is a very good motivator. So you want to pay your uh, employees or your team members well, or you make a case for them to be paid well. So if I do a piece of work and someone in another team do almost the same piece of work and is getting 20%, you know, I am money than I do, then I'll be demotivated somehow. Um, so you we, need to advocate for them because yeah. obviously if you're the team leader, you're not necessarily dictating their pay, mm-hmm. but you might have access to the higher director or the whoever determines what. Sure, sure, sure. And it's just, even if it's just like making, you know, a, a case to say, yeah, this person hands these and this is another person that does exactly the same thing. You just need to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Um, encouraging self-organization is very important. That's one of the uh, things that we can we can do to improve uh, team performance as well. So uh, when I talk about autonomy the other time, so it's about encouraging self-organizing teams, making individuals on teams to be self-directed. And, well, it all um, will be attributed to uh, having a decentralized decision-making platform, mm. yeah. So, can, can you give an example of how you've done that in the past? Oh, definitely. So um, <laughs> this is interesting. I just finished a project um, in November last year. Um, when we started that, it looked as if it was going to be a big one, uh, which we may not be able to roll out of the door in two years. And we did it in four months. So what did we do? Um, I started with a very good training to say, well, we've got this humongous task on come November. And this was about July, August, doing putting the team together. Come November, if we fail, we fail as a team. If we succeed, we succeed as a team. It was very inspiring. 
<laughs> and even after the training, people were like, yeah, how do we do this? So what I did was, well, I worked with one of the very best product owners in my organization, and I advised her on what to do. That, well, instead of we dictating to these guys, let them self-assign task themselves. Every sprint, every fortnight that we come together, they are assigning tasks based on what we want to achieve. So wait, so you just gave them the end result? You said this is the outcome that we want? Well, this is what we need to do in the next, you know, two weeks or whatever. Yep. You you decide who takes on what task? Is no, that what it was? That, that's not what it was. Okay. So what it was is the product owner, for instance, we say, yes, these are the tasks that we need to get done in the next fortnight. Okay. And everyone will say, well, based on what we need to get done, this is my strength. This is my strength. I'll, I'll, I'm going to self-assign this task to myself. Right. Okay. And the expected time of delivery is two days. So what happened in that instance is people are saying, yeah, I'm committed to delivering these in the next two days. Now, before, because they self-assign it, they are empowered to do it, and also they commit to doing it. In the next two days, hi, as a coach, I'm asking them, okay, you say you're going to do these and deliver in 48 hours. Or, yeah, where is it? And if they do it, they'll be so proud, and we celebrate them. If they did not deliver, they have to tell us why they mm. didn't deliver. If it's something that is beyond them, then I should go after that to help them resolve that. And we, are, we do not do our daily stand-up. We meet every day to shame anyone because we believe that we are in it together. So it's all a team affair. Now, fast forward four months later, we delivered. And it was, it was so good. It was a great achievement to everyone. You know, when in the beginning, you don't know you can do stuff. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you surprise yourself. It's that good. And also, everyone in the organizations, organization was really, really, really surprised that we could get that done. Love it. Yeah. So Did they give you a nice juicy reward? <laughs> so the reward you can even always ask for is a motiv- motivated workforce, honestly. Everyone oh, was, proud, <laughs> was proud to be associated with yeah. that. You know the reward we got ourselves? We made a t-shirt and we wear it all around. Oh, that's and everybody, awesome. oh, you remember. <laughs> People were coming for us to us to get their own t-shirt. And we were like, no, this is custom built. Custom yeah. made for us. <laughs> so it's that good. You know? There must be so satisfying to achieve that as a team together. Yeah. And also for you to be like, oh, it works. I know. <laughs> this team engagement stuff, it works. It works. Really, really works. Really, really works. Really works. I can fault it. It works. Love it. Yeah. Well, Pete, before we wrap up, I'd love to hear from you. What's, what's one piece of advice you would like to leave our listeners for anyone who is – you know, who has a team that they they want to um, help to boost their performance. Any other final words of advice for them? So for everyone that really want to boost their, uh, the performance of your team, I would say, first of all, check yourself. Like I've said earlier on, um, make sure that you are engaged yourself. And also, um, you know, encourage, continue to encourage people continue to encourage them to enhance their skills as well, you know, because you can't give what you don't have. Uh, the more you train yourself up, the more you uh, 
get yourself prepared for the job, the more you can get um, on the table. So, and please, money is a motivator. <laughs> Are you going to get that on a t-shirt? <laughs> money <laughs> is a motivator. <laughs> Pay your teams ha- well. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag money is a motivator. Awesome. Well, it's been so wonderful having you on the show, Pete. Thank you for sharing your insights and your wisdom with us. Um, I'll put a link to where people can connect with you on LinkedIn um, as well if people want to um, say hi um, after hearing this. So thanks again. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. I'm really happy I am here and I'm um, looking forward to working with you again. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. big thanks to Pete Amota Show for joining me on the podcast this week. I'm so grateful we were able to meet in person for this interview before, you know, we all had to isolate at home. You can connect with Pete on LinkedIn. I will put the links to how you can connect with him in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 256. And before I leave you, don't forget if you are serious about improving your communication and taking your leadership skills to the next level, then I invite you to apply for the Speak Up and Lead group coaching program. I'm only running one more program for the year, so this is your chance to get in. Apply at thecmethod.com slash group coaching. All right, thank you so much for spending some time with me today, Rockstar. Keep on being awesome, and I'll talk to you next week. I'm Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Get Noticed.